We'd like to take this opportunity to welcome everyone to our service. Sure is good to look out and see so many people that we've worshiped with before. And uh, we're certainly thankful for all of our visitors. Glad that you could come and be with us this special day. I know Bill will be happy. I know we're happy for him and Sylvia. So uh, we look forward to spending our time together. And uh, we're going to have appreciation dinner for Bill after our service today. And we'd like to invite everyone to come and have lunch with us. We know that there'll be uh, a lot of food. You don't have to worry about that. We have some mighty good cooks here. I, I can attest to that. But uh, we're going to ask, uh, first of all, I want to say the power for today is here. It's available in our library. Uh, we asked everyone to please sign the guest book today. It's going to be a keepsake for Bill and Sylvia. And uh, I have several other announcements here. I have a card I'd like to read. Uh, this is from uh, James and Suzanne Chin. It says, thank you for all the cards that caused a visit while I was in the hospital. It means so much to me and James about the concern that we received from Saudi. Saudi is a very loving and caring congregation. We love you all very much. Love James and Suzanne Chen. On our sick list today, I'd like to read this. I encourage you, if you can, to be sure and get a bulletin. But Betty Smith has been injured. Uh, talked to her. She was getting in her deep freeze, had a big heavy dish of strawberries, and dropped them on her foot. So she's in a boot. She's homebound. Be sure and remember Betty. Uh, Doris Gibbs has had soldier, uh, shoulder surgery this week, but she is doing well. Uh, Bobby Reevely is recuperating at home from hip surgery. We visited with Bobby, and she's doing real well also. Uh, Penny Scruggs, it's his Faith Graves' cousin, had brain surgery last week to remove a tumor. So we've been asked to be sure and keep her in our prayers. There are a lot of family members that uh, need our prayers. Uh, we encourage you to get a bulletin and do that. We have a very lengthy uh, prayer list. Uh, we have several who are on the shut-in list. Uh, our Vacation Bible School, we just had it last week. It was a success. We had a lot of good uh, uh, things going on. I want to thank all the young people and the old people for helping with this. And uh, we're certainly glad that uh, I think we average probably about 35 or 40 uh, children each week. I mean each night. So we were really thankful for that. Uh, Stephen Lawrence is uh, letting anyone know that if you need your yard mowed or anything like that, he's be going to college pretty soon. And uh, he will take care of that for you at whatever you want to pay him. Uh, we do extend our sympathy to Bobby Moore, her brother who lives in California, passed away this week and the funeral arrangements are, are incomplete at this time. Again, let me say it's been great to look out and see uh, all of you people that mean so much to us and uh, we're so glad that you decided to come and worship with us today and to honor Bill and Sylvia. A wonderful couple. We'll talk more about that later. Uh, 
Little Bill, I used to call him Bill the Third. He's he's actually bigger than Dad now, and me. But uh, he'll be leading our singing today, and at the appropriate time, uh, one of our elders, Jerry Corbin, will be leading our opening prayer. Will you bow with me for just a short prayer? Our wonderful Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for this beautiful day, a day that we can come and worship you, the only true and living God. Father, we thank you so much for your love, your mercy, and your grace. And most of all, we thank you for Jesus Christ, your Son, who died on the cross so we could have our sins forgiven. Thank you, Father, <clears throat> for this special day. <clears throat> Help each one of us to uh, worship you in a way that you would have us to do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Six hundred eighty two. To God be the glory, great things he hath done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son, who yielded his life and atonement for sin. And open the life gate that all may go in. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son. And give him the glory, great things he hath done. Great things he hath taught us, great things he hath done. And great our rejoicing through Jesus the Son. But pure and higher and greater will be our wonder, our transport when Jesus we see. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, God. To the Father through Jesus, and give him the glory, great things he hath done. I stand amazed in the presence. Of Jesus and Green, and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned unclean. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my soul shall ever be. How marvelous. How wonderful is my Savior, 
Jesus' love for me. For me it was in the garden, he prayed not my will, but thine. He had no tears for his own griefs, but sweat drops of blood for mine. How marvelous, how wonderful, and how marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. He took my sins and my sorrows, he made his very own. He bore the burden to Calvary and suffered and died alone. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my soul shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful, is my Savior's love for me. When with the ransomed in glory his face shall see, twill be my joy through the ages to sing of his love for me. How wonderful, and my soul shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so thank you for giving us another day, wonderful Lord's Day, come to church to worship, in, worship you in spirit and truth. The greatest gift that God has given us is a son come to earth to set a perfect example for us, but he died on the cross for our sin. This prayer represents his body, died on the cross for our sin. We should always remember that grace satisfied he set a perfect example for us. We should always remember his biblical principle, want us to live a righteous life. Because God is so, because the God grace is so rich in Jesus Christ, we always remember that. Also, in what understanding, in what understanding, understanding condition we are in, we should always be content. Because the God's peace will be with us forever. We pray in Jesus. Amen.
Shall we continue our prayer? Holy Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, they serve, to go to the cross for the sins of mankind. Lord, we thank you for that wonderful sacrifice where he gave himself to redeem us back from our lost condition as we get around the table to take this fruit of vine that our minds go back to the cross where he gave his precious blood for the sins of the world. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
646. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pit can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty part bowed down with God. God gave his son to win his erring child. He reconciled and pardoned from his sin. O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. Could we with thee the ocean fill, and with the skies a parchment made, and with stalk on earth a quill, and every mind a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above, would drain the ocean dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that we can always trust in you. You are an abundant God, and now your great mercy, you have given us so much. We give you this offering today. With it, we worship you and give our whole selves to you. Please now take it and use it for your kingdom and your glory. May it be a great blessing to many. We ask all this in your powerful name of Jesus. Amen.
before Brother Jerry Corbin comes and leads us in prayer, we'll sing number 982. We'll sing this song through two times. We'll sing this song through twice. We shall assemble on the mountain. We shall assemble at the throne with humble hearts into spreads. We bring an offering of song, glory and honor, dominion unto the Lamb, unto the King. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. We sing the song of the redeemed. We shall assemble the mountain. We shall... Let's uh, remove the thoughts of the world and concentrate on our worship to God and as we offer this prayer up. Father in heaven, how great thou art. May the meditations of, of our hearts be directed towards you, God. That we here that we're here to praise you and honor you, O God. And help us as we focus upon your majesty, upon your power, and Father, upon your, as we think and consider about your mercy and your grace that you have afforded us this opportunity to come into your presence and hopefully worship in a way that is acceptable to thee. Father, we are overwhelmed by the grace and mercy that has been extended to us allowing us as individuals to pray to you individually to offer up our praises to offer up our petitions toward thee father we're so thankful that we have this privilege that we've had the privilege to come in contact with your word and with your gospel that we've had the opportunity to respond to it and father we thank you for this Father, we're thankful for the love and peace and the unity that is part of the congregation here. We're so thankful for that, Father, and we're thankful for the women who are work so hard in teaching our children and do so many things for us. Father, we're thankful for all those who work in your kingdom and 
do what they can to use their abilities and their talents in the furtherance of your cause. Father, we're thankful for the blessings that you have afforded us and having the Greer family be with us all these years. We're thankful for the service of Bill and Sylvia. They have given toward the efforts that they, in preaching the gospel to this congregation and, and for this community and for, the, and for the furtherance of your kingdom. And Father, we're thankful for that. We're thankful for his gentleness, his kindness. We're thankful for his knowledge. And Father, we're just so thankful that Bill has been a part of our work here. Father, we know that this is a time of transition, and it is our prayers that we will all uh, support uh, and get behind the new pulpit minister that will be working with us soon. We pray for your blessings upon him, upon his family, and Father, help us to have the attitude that all things work toward good for those who love the Lord, and help us to have that type of attitude. Father, we are always aware of those who are sick, and we have many who are having difficulties that are part of this congregation, and Father, we're just uh, so sorry in the, in the loss of loved ones, and we pray that for Bobby Moore and for Faith Grace as they have lost loved ones. We know that only the comfort that they need can come from thee, Father, and we hope that They'll look toward you and your word. Help us to pray for them and to be there for them. To let us know, let them know that we really care. Father, we have so many that are, are sick, and we'll mention a few, but not to say that others that we have not mentioned are equally important because we have so many that are sick. And Father, we are aware of our sister Betty Smith, uh, who has sustained an injury. We pray your blessings upon Bobby Reveley as she uh, recuperates from her surgery. Uh, we pray that, that you'll be with Doris Gibbs uh, in her surgery and recuperation. Father, we pray for the cousin of uh, Faith Grace, Penny Scruggs, who had brain surgery last week for a tumor. We know these things can be very serious, and we pray your blessings upon those who are attending to her that the best possible outcome will, will be uh, will, will happen Father thank you for blessing us individually we're especially thankful for the spiritual blessings that are afforded to us through your son Jesus Christ for his willingness to pay that ultimate sacrifice that makes all things possible and that our hope is in Jesus Christ his death and burial and his resurrection and Father we pray that you'll be with us thank you for forgiving us of our sins in the name of Jesus Christ Amen sing 226 how great thou art 
This is one of Brother Bill's favorite songs. I can't look down. <clears throat> We're going to sing um, all four verses and the chorus twice after the second verse and after the fourth verse. Please stand. <clears throat> Oh, Lord, my God, when I and all some wonder, consider all the wells thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. When through the woods and forest glades I wander, and hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees. When I look down from lofty mountain grandeur, and there proclaim my God, the gentle breeze. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. And when I think that God his Son not spare, rang, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in, that on the cross my burden gladly bear. Ring, he bled and died to take away my sin. When Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take home, what joy shall fill my heart. Then I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim, My God, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior to Thee, how great Thou art, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to Thee, how great Thou art, how great Thou Truman and I have sung several thousand songs together over the past, I guess, close to, close to 50 years, 40 at least. We were young back then, weren't we, brother? 
I'm older than he is. Don't let him fool you. In the King James Version of the Bible, you will find 31,102 verses. If you ask someone today to come up to you and just walk up to someone and say, would you quote for me a Bible verse, please? A few might say, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. A few might say, Jesus wept. But I promise you the most prominent answer you would get would be, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I want us this morning to concentrate on this one verse out of all those 31,000 plus verses. And I want to break it down into the five verbs that are mentioned in this text. You understand when you're studying, from your studying in English grammar that a verb is a word that indicates action. I speak, I breathe. And also, a verb is a state of being. I am a person. This is a microphone. You're sitting in a pew. Words that express this action or state of being. I want us to look at these five verbs this morning from John chapter 3, verse number 16. And again, you know all those verses, all the words. But I want to break it down into those five verbs. First of all, Jesus said, For God so loved, there's the verb, the world. We use that word so flippantly, don't we? I love the New York Yankees. I love chocolate pie. We've all got our favorite loves. But that doesn't go very far, does it? The love that God gave for us comes from the Greek word agapeo. It means the active love of God toward man demonstrated by his benevolence, his good deeds, his good work, his blessing and caring for us. You see, God existed from eternity long before you and I were ever even thought of. He made it just fine without us. But he realized that we cannot make it without him. And so he was willing to sacrifice for us. Now we understand and appreciate genuine human love. As husbands, we love our lives. As wives, we love our husband. We love our children. There's not a decent parent in this room who would not do anything in the world for his child, whatever the case may be. He would sacrifice anything for the well-being of that child. That's what love is all about. As I was preparing this lesson on John 3.16, I looked at Brother Burton Kaufman's commentary on his statements about the love of God. He said this. He said, Jesus did not die on the cross to compel God to love men, but because God already loved men, the cross was the result of God's love, not the cause of it. From eternity, God planned that he would have to go to Calvary's cross in the form of a man to shed his blood so that I can be saved, so that you can be saved. He loved us that much. Secondly, the verse says that he gave, there's the verb, his only begotten son. Turn me to Galatians chapter 3, verse number 1. <clears throat> 
Galatians chapter 3, verse number 1. I mean, chapter number 1, and then verse number 3. Galatians chapter 1. Verse number 3, Paul says, Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us, save us, from the result of the present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. He gave himself for us. That's a sacrifice, isn't it? And get this in your mind. A sacrifice is something of value for something of greater value. Jesus Christ was perfect. But he knew that you and I were not. And he was willing to die on Calvary's cross so that you and I could be saved. Folks, that's what giving is all about. We see here God's eternal care and love and compassion for us. We all understand that we could never be good enough to save ourselves. But because of the fact that Jesus is willing to sacrifice himself for us in a bodily form, so then that Bill could be saved. And you separate your name, you mention your name there. That's how important God's love is for us. He gave up something of value for something of greater value. Those of you who are interested in sports, you know there's a game called baseball. <clears throat> First batter of inning gets up and he, may, he hits a triple. He's on third base. Next batter comes in the batter's box. All right, I'm going to hit a home run. I'm going to show this guy how good I am. The coach gives him the signal to lay down a sacrifice bunt. Man, that's going to hurt my average. But because I sacrificed myself, the runner on third can come in and score a run before they throw me out at first base. That's something of greater value than my base hit because I might not make a base hit. I'm willing to give that up. At Calvary, God gave His only Son, gave Him up for you and for me in our sinful ways so that we could have the privilege and opportunity of being His children. Therefore, I can put my faith in God. I can put my trust in God. Someone said a long time ago, God said it, that settles it, I believe it. What a wonderful slogan for us to remember in our lives. You know, I can make predictions all day long, but I don't know if they're going to come true. Turn on weather forecast at 6 o'clock at night, all right, we're going to have rain tomorrow. Everybody grabs their umbrellas, grabs their raincoats. You get up in the morning, the sun's shining. They thought it was going to rain, but it didn't. But we carried our umbrellas anyway just in case. When it comes to our salvation, we must believe what God has told us in His Word. I will commit my life to God's will. Why would I rather commit my life to the will of some man-made idea or thought or theology or philosophy? That really just doesn't make sense, does it? The Hebrews writer said in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6, Without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to him must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I'm going to put effort into my seeking of God. It's not a casual come to church every now and then. Oh, I'll pick up and I'm going to read the Bible today. It's turning my life over 
to Him, His will, His majesty, His glory, His power, His might, His love. Therefore, I will seek God in every aspect of my life. My friends, that truly is what faith in action is all about. And he said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that he that believeth should not perish. There's that fourth verb. The word perish means to die, to lose your life, to lose whatever it is. I do not wish to lose eternal life, do you? But no human being can be sinless. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means I cannot save myself. I will lose my life physically here on earth if the Lord delays His coming many more years. And I will lose my spiritual life eternally unless I am willing to surrender my life to the will of God. My only hope is found in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. With that in mind, I want you to open your songbooks Song number 779. 779. Look at the words. <clears throat> I realized as I was studying this how often we just sing songs and just go through the motions because I've sung tens of thousands of songs. We need to concentrate on the words more than the notes. Without Him, I could do nothing. Without Him, I'd surely fail. Without Him, I would be drifting like a ship without a sail. Verse number two. Without Him, I would be dying. Without Him, I'd be enslaved. Without Him, life would be be hopeless but with Jesus thank the holy God I can be saved that means brings us to the last verb for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have grasp hold of attain everlasting life Think about it. I can go to heaven. I can live in God's house forever because I'm His child. I can't obtain it. It is possible for me. Not by my merit, but by the merit of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine? I can't. But we think about it often. You've heard me say it a thousand times. Think about heaven every day. I cannot begin to tell you what heaven looks like. It's spiritual. I'm not yet. But I know this about heaven. It is a place of perfection, peace, joy, and eternal bliss. And it has no end. Let that settle in. You see, John 3.16, we're talking about the next verse Jesus said, For God sent not His Son in the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. God wants us to be saved. That's why He did what He did. 
And John says it this way in 1 John chapter 3, verse number 1. He says, Behold, look what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we can be called the sons of God. With that in mind, look back at song number 779 again. I want you now to look at the chorus. Jesus, oh Jesus, do you know him today? You can't surely turn him away. Oh Jesus, oh my holy Jesus, without him, how lost. How lost I would be. Those words should prick our hearts. Those words should deep deeply into our brain and settle in there. With that in mind, as I extend the gospel invitation today I'm not going to say my words I'm going to say the words of God Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11 verse number 28 come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest unto your soul. There's the great invitation. He said in John chapter 8, verse number 47, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. He said in Luke chapter 13, verse number 3, Except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. He said in Matthew chapter 10, verse number 30, Whosoever shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. In Mark chapter 16, verse number 16, the last verse of that book, he said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. You've probably heard a lot of gospel invitations in your life. But I give you this one because it is from heaven, spoken by the words of Jesus Christ, my Savior himself. If you will do these things today, and live your life for Him. You have the privilege and the blessing of the greatest gift of all, eternal life. I can't tell you what heaven looks like. I think about it every day. I can't begin to picture it in my finite mind. But I know this. If it's good enough for God, it's surely good enough for me. And that's why David would close the 23rd Psalm with these words. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And you know the rest of it, don't you? I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. As we stand to sing this song tonight of invitation, if you need to respond to 
call of Christ, to become his child by those things we've just told that Jesus told you to do. Now's the greatest time to do them. Your next opportunity. Or if you've fallen away after having done those things, you can come back home knowing you know that God still loves you as his child. If you'll repent of those sins, confess those sins, he'll call you back to his presence and you can be saved. If may assist you in doing that, let it be known by coming to the front as together we stand and sing the song. To thee I come in weakness and distress. Oh, my trembling hand, lest helpless I should fall. Oh, hear me. to my prayer more and more I need thy mercy and thy care clouds of doubt arise and faith grows weak and small oh hear me Lord hear me cleansing power let me fill the near each moment of each hour oh my trembling hand lest helpless I should fall oh hear me Lord hear me That was the easy part. On Sunday, May the 31st, 1981, the Greers came to Saudi to fill in. Brother Eaton was taking a medical leave, and the elders asked me to fill in. The Friday of that week, my mother, Betty Greer, so many of you remember her, moved into our house. Sylvia had become her primary caregiver. And Sylvia had to stay home with her most of the time, but occasionally she could attend on Sunday nights only and bring the kids with her. And from time to time, they were going to Red Bank at the time. And uh, I preached here until January of 1982 and returned back to Red Bank. Brother Bob Oliver and his wife Sandy were called to Saudi to fill in for the remainder of Brother Eaton's time. They're dear friends of ours, and they're here with us today. <clears throat> Brother Eaton decided not to return to preaching. And Bob Oliver took over that position. In the late summer of 1984, 
Bob Smith called and asked me if I would be able to return to fill in until a full-time preacher was hired. So we returned to Saudi on November the 4th, 1984. This time we were able all to attend together and Saudi congregation became our own home. When I retired from dentistry in 2009, I became the full-time preacher of this congregation. <clears throat> now, back to 1984. Bob Smith, I see you back there. He asked me to stay for three months. If my math is correct, today completes 404 months. I'm not sure if I outstayed my welcome or what, but we've been here for 33 years and eight months. And with the exception of my baptism by my father into Christ on July the 9th, uh, 21st, 1957, and my marriage to my godly wife, Sylvia, in 1968, being the minister of the Saudi Church of Christ has been the greatest blessing in my life. You've heard me tell a story, maybe you have. We were going to church at Red Bank at that time. I was a deacon, Sunday school class teacher, working with youth, leading singing for about 350 or 400 people. Wow, it was great. It was fun to lead singing. I enjoyed it so much. Well, we figured we could come to Saudi for a few months, but we received the blessing, you folks, so quickly. And we're so thankful to be here today. In this period of time, I've had the privilege of baptizing 122 people from this congregation. Also preached 127 funerals. Conducted 43 weddings involving many of you who are here today. Can't believe this. I've preached more than 3,200 sermons from this pulpit. God has blessed me far greater than my mind could ever conceive. And I thank Him for this congregation and for the opportunity and privilege you gave me for all those years. Sylvia and I are honored today to have our two children, Sarah and Bill, with us. Bill has brought his family with us. Sarah, of course, lives in Texas, and all the family could not come. We have several other friends of ours, friends from former congregations we've been associated with, friends from Knoxville. And many members who have formerly been members here and moved on to other places, they're back today. It's so good to see all of you. This congregation has loved us and aided us more than we could ever expect. Truly, God is so good. Like we did in vacation Bible school this week. Let's sing that together. God is so good. God is so good, God is so good, He's so good to me, God is so good, God is so He's so good to 
God bless you. Let's stand for our closing song and closing prayer. Brother Truman. I'm going to stand up here with you, brother. All right, okay. We'll be closing with song number 11, Above the Bright Blue. I promised I wouldn't say a word, but let me just say that Bill being in the preaching for 30 years gave me a lot of opportunities to lead singing. (laughs) And I don't want to make light of any kind of situation, but he appears to be stronger than ever, almost 41 minutes. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Above the bright blue. I'm sorry, man. And I promise you in heaven, this is not the, this is not the last song you and I are going to sing together. Brother. I hope. I hope. Amen, okay, brother. okay. All right, let's see you in a minute if I can find this thing. There's a beautiful place called heaven. It is hidden above the bright blue. Where the good who from earth ties are revered. Live in love and eternity through. Above the bright blue, the beautiful blue. Jesus is waiting for me and for you. Oh, heaven is there, far from our sight. Beautiful city of light We know not when He shall call us Whether soon the glad summons may be But we know when we pass o'er the Jesus will see above the bright blue, the beautiful blue. Jesus is waiting for me and for you. Oh, heaven is there, not far from our side. Beautiful city of life. Amen. God bless you, brother. God. All right. I promise you I won't make a speech, but I did fail to mention the ladies, be sure and pick up your dishes after our dinner today and we will be going in this door to the tables are set up that way there will be no worship here tonight because we will be having a singing with the Northampton congregation at 6 o'clock I promised Bill I wouldn't roast him today I'm not going to but I've got to tell a little story or two on him (laughs) (laughs) yeah sit down it won't take long But uh, before some of you were even born, the elders here at the Saudi Church uh, asked me to locate a preacher because 
Jim Eaton had decided to retire, and it was my job to find a preacher, and uh, I contacted Bill and uh, talked to him for a little while, and he said he would be interested in coming and preaching for us for a while. So I called the Red Bank elders, even called James Watkins to find out what kind of man we would be having here. Well, he agreed that he would come that Sunday. And I got here a little early. I was a little bit anxious to see. I'd never seen Bill Greer. So uh, when Sylvia and the children drove up with Bill, the sun was shining real bright. I've told this before. And Bill was standing a little bit sideways. And I said, well, maybe I'll have to do the preaching today. He didn't even show up. But he turned around and he, he weighed probably 125, 130 pounds, I'm not sure. You don't weigh more than that today. But uh, my fears were uh, soon over because when he got in his pulpit and preached that first sermon with that big wonderful voice, I knew we had a man. I knew we had it made. So uh, I just wanted to tell that about Bill. Uh, Another thing that uh, I want to say, if you ever been around Bill and Little Bill and listen to them talk, you better listen real, real good if you're going to find out what they're saying. You see, I played a lot of golf with Bill Sr. and Bill Jr. and Bill III. And uh, golfers often talk about the yardage, you know, what club we're going to hit and all like that. Well, Bill and Little Bill would discuss it and before I could dissect it, I didn't know what they said. So I thought, back then I could hear good. I can't hear good now, but uh, I thought, maybe it's my hearing. So we went to Georgia, Lafayette, Georgia, and played in a golf tournament with Brother Mills, who also preached here a while. And uh, I asked him, I said, uh, is it my fault, or what, what is this? Uh, Bill will ask little Bill a question, and bam, bam, bam. He'll ask him, he said, you know, Bob, I'm having the same trouble. I don't know what they're saying. <laughs> so anyway, two wonderful people that I surely enjoyed playing golf with. We had some wonderful times. And uh, I just want to relay that service to you. I don't know if many of you, I guess many of you don't remember, but in 1986, this wonderful family was chosen as the young family of the year in the city of Chattanooga. So I know that we've been blessed to have them with us. And uh, I just can't say enough about how blessed we've been to uh, have this fine couple and their family with us. You know, behind every good man, there's a wonderful woman. And Sylvia Greer has filled that role beautifully. Uh, I don't know what we'd, I really don't know what we'd done without Bill, but I don't know what we'd done without Sylvia either. She helped plan things. She helped encourage the ladies. Uh, Sylvia, you've been so good for this congregation, and we're so proud of both of you. Uh, I want to tell one more little story. When Esther Varner, Joe's father, found out that Bill's family was the nigger, he said, Bob, we better do something. Or we might lose that young man. You know, we may not be giving him enough money. I said, well, you know, I've talked to him, and he's a successful dentist. He don't want to give up his practice right now. He's doing the work of a full-time preacher. So, uh, I had we, two holy professions. 
<laughs> but the funniest thing, Brother Esther was a wonderful, wonderful man, wonderful man. But when we met with Bill again, he said, Hey, preacher, have you ever thought about quit pulling them teeth and be a full-time preacher? He was stunned. I've never seen Bill for a loss for words, but he was for a loss for words. So, but on the serious note, I have all the respect in the world for Bill and Sylvia. And uh, they have really, really helped the Lord's church here at Saudi. I am so proud to be a part of their family. Uh, we've not had a problem. You know, some churches have problems. But uh, we've not had a serious problem since Bill and Sylvia's been here. We've had a good eldership a good working relationship with Bill and Sylvia, and it's just wonderful. And I am sure that I speak for this whole congregation when I say that we have truly been blessed. We've been blessed by having these two wonderful people in our lives. And uh, I want to wish you the very best. You know, we're really thankful that uh, Bill and Sylvia plan to continue to worship with us here, and Bill is going to continue to serve as one of our elders, as long as his health permits. So uh, I just want to say this to uh, two most wonderful people in my life, how they've blessed me and my family. Thank you so much, both of you. The elders also asked me to mention that we have decided on our next preacher, Brother Joel Danley who many of you have heard preach, will be our new preacher. He will begin his service here on the first Sunday in August. On the, first, uh, then in the month of July, we're going to have our own men preaching here, but on the first Sunday in August, Brother Joel Danley and his family, his wife and four children will come and be a part of our congregation, so we look forward to that time together. Will you bow with me? Our Father who art in heaven... Once again, we come before your great throne of grace through the avenue of prayer, praising you as the one and only living God, the giver and sustainer of life. Thanking you, Father, for this beautiful Lord's Day morning that you blessed us with to assemble with your saints, not to be seen of men and not to be entertained, but to worship you in spirit and in truth. Our prayer this morning, Father, is that our worship has been accurate and in accordance with your word and with your will and has come before your great throne of grace as a sweet-smelling savor as we have honored one of your godly servants here this morning, Father. We pray your blessings upon this godly man. We are so thankful for the 30-plus years that he has stood in your pulpit here and preached your pure and undefiled gospel with no hidden agenda, no personal vendettas. Oh, that every pulpit in your church would have such a godly man, Father. As he continues to serve as an elder here at Saudi, Father, we pray your blessings upon him and his wonderful wife, that they may continue their service to you, that they may extend some of their wisdom to the congregation. Pray that Bill would have many opportunities to work with our incoming minister, that he would extend some of his experience and his life experience there as well. Thank you so much, Father, for what they have meant to this congregation, to your church as a whole, to your work. As we depart now, Father, and go into this dinner that we're going to have this morning to remember them, to honor them. Father, help us to enjoy our time together. 
Bless them, Father, as they open this new chapter in their lives. We pray, Father, that you would bless this food that has been prepared this morning. Bless it to the nourishment of our bodies, our bodies to your service, and our service to your kingdom. Help us to search for opportunities to serve you and to always give you the praise, the honor, and glory in everything we do. Of all the blessings, Father, we thank you most for the spiritual blessings that you sent your only begotten Son and our Savior to this earth to live the life he did, to shed his only begotten, his, his pure blood on that cruel cross of Calvary to buy us back from our sins. It's in his holy name that we pray. Amen. I was thinking the ladies may need a little time to get things ready and they're going to let us know when it's ready. Is that right? My wife says, so I don't know. But there's one little thing I wanted to share. It was Sunday morning, June the 4th, 1989. Bill read from Genesis 43, and of course that's the story where Jacob is preparing to send his sons into Egypt for the second time to buy food. Verse 11 records that Jacob said, Take the man down a present, a little balm, a little honey. After services, I said, Bill, uh, it just so happened that the day before, June the 3rd, Midge and I had celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. So after services, I said, Bill, I picked up a little honey 25 years ago, and I've carried her along ever since. That was 29 years ago. And I was trying to remember what he's preached since then. Anybody got a song they'd like for, to sing? Um, here you go. 281. 281. We we'll sing this and go get in line. All right, let me find it here right quick. For God so loved this and for His Son He freely gave that whosoever Obey eternal life should gain. It's true, oh yes, it's true. As wonderful promise is true. For I've trusted and tested and tried it. And I know that God's promise is true. Should have had you stand. That's it. You're dismissed. <laughs> <laughs>